women making moves where we celebrate the moves that women are making. My name is Amy Pons. I'm a master certified life coach and an energy healer. I'm joined today with Dr. Marsha Reynolds. Dr. Marsha Reynolds has coached leaders, delivered leadership and emotional intelligence programs, and spoken at conferences for clients in 43 countries. She has also presented at many universities, including Harvard Kennedy School and Cornell University. Marsha is a pioneer in the coaching profession. She was the fifth global president of the International Coach Federation and on faculty of five coaching schools in North America, Asia, and Europe. Outside of the schools, she teaches coaching skills for leaders in organizations and government agencies around the world. Her education includes a doctorate in organizational psychology and two master's degrees in communication and adult learning. Dr. Reynolds is passionate about expanding minds, uplifting hearts, and strengthening relationships to make a difference on this planet. You can read more about her work at www.covisioning.com. Dr. Marshall, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. (laughs) When I read the words uplifting hearts, like I felt my own heart skip a beat because Mm. isn't that what's gorgeous about the coaching community and the profession of where it's gotten to these days? Um, My whole claim to fame is I guide people to their unique brilliance that's always been there. So that really resonates with me when you say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we often talk about coaching, expanding consciousness and growing the stories we live by. But it's also uplifting the the human spirit when people recognize beyond the stories they were stuck in that there's so many other possibilities that they naturally feel, you know, more delighted and confident and and which uplifts their spirit. It's just a nice uh, side effect of coaching. I just took a line directly off my wall. I wanted to show you. Think a thought you weren't taught. (laughs) That really landed for me when you said that. So nice. This is my wall of signage that I pull off when I am doing my coaching. So amazing to meet you. And what I want to share with you and what I was drawn with you about is we were just talking before we hit record is I'm ramping up over the past year. I have been, um, I've reached all my requirements to submit for ACC, which is the first level of course credentials of the ICF, the International Coach Federation that you've been president of. Wow. I want to hear about that. And then also just a lot of synchronicities as you, you know, you're the pioneer for what I'm doing now, which is what I find fascinating because we've never known each other before. And a year ago, a little bit over a year ago, I had been in corporate America for almost 20 years. So my world, as you can imagine, as I'm sure you, the people that you coach and serve, that was my world. And now it's like completely different. And I was sharing with you, this is probably the first time I've ever known who I am. Mm -hmm. I realized that Part of my upbringing was you grow up, you go to school, you get a job, you die, you retire to Florida. Mm-hmm. And somewhere or along Arizona, <laughs> one of the coasts or one of the somewhere warm, somewhere not Chicago, which I am in. Somewhere along the way, mm-hmm. I think in my early 20s, I was laser focused on dollars and titles. And mm-hmm. somewhere along the way in my 30s, I started to think about wait, what else is there? And I started to think Mm -hmm. about what is it that lights me up? And what I know to be true now is that coaching, I wouldn't have told you that I always wanted to be a coach. Do you find that often? Well, I didn't even know when I came (laughs) out of there, but I I just want to give you um, uh, a nice coaching question, Amy, that I often ask my clients when they give me stories like yours is how are your shoulds getting in the way of your dreams? Back then or now? Well, 
I do. Well, not now, because you right, were by your like, dreams. Well, now I'm good. But you grew up by shoulds. You know, right. it wasn't uh, like what you thought was right. It was what you should do. And right. most of us grow up by shoulds. Right. And fortunately, women question this even more than men. The okay, they get to that point. It's like, but this is not fulfilling me. You know, what is it that I, I I'm really called to do that I want to do? you know, instead of what I should do. Now, it's 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 really difficult sometimes, as you know, for clients to give up their shoulds. And you saw that I coach and, you know, I've worked in 43 countries and shoulds are even stronger in, you know, other countries. It's like, no, I can't do that. You know, it's like, well, why not? What would happen? So what would happen? You're absolutely right. It's this state of perceived safety and security based on what I and what else we were told yeah. what we were told my whole vibe is mm-hmm. we've been living so skewed in the masculine for so long mm-hmm. uh, for me specifically what I believe through my methodology is that inviting back in the divine feminine and asking what could be mm-hmm. and feeling into mm-hmm. um, not being beholden to anyone anything any place mm-hmm. but yourself what does right. that look like? And so yeah. to your point, I love that question is I used to shit all over myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you probably sure. heard that in coaching. Like don't shit all over yourself, but mm-hmm. I used to shit all over myself. I should make this amount of money. I should work at this kind mm-hmm. of organization. I should get married. I should have kids. I should all this. And so the moment I started surrendering to what could be, what was the unique essence of Amy, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, mm-hmm. and it can feel unsafe. So how do you help someone get through their shoulds? Well, you know, uh, sometimes as in coaching, you know, our our goal is to bring it out of their head and hold hold their thoughts and, and their patterns and their mental models out here in their hand. They cannot do this on their own. You know, we don't, we're not able to bring out our thoughts and, and analyze them. Our ego doesn't allow us to do that. So as a coach, that's what we do. And oftentimes when they just see it, and say it, you know, so like I was coaching this woman in, in China, who was a very high level position in her company. And she, she started by saying, I am so sick of these people, this environment, how, you know, they're, they're always like at each other's throats and, you know, and they're giving me projects I don't even like anymore. And I'm like, okay, so it sounds like you don't want to be there. Well, I can't leave. You know, and because she was responsible and more than just her family, but multiple generations. And she said, well, everybody would say I was crazy because it's such a high paying job and it's really good. And I said, "Okay, so this is what you're telling me. You're staying in a job you hate because and simply summarize, you know, because you feel responsible for all these people and everyone says you'd be stupid if you left. Okay. Mm -hmm. well, okay. And I said, so. So is that enough to keep you in this job that you said you were responsible, but here you are in this job with all this experience and you're saying this is the only place I can be, you know, and she said, well, I guess I could, but I don't know that she says, I, I, what it came down to was she said, I just am not willing to take that risk right now. And I said to her, okay, so let's just uh, imagine what it could be that would be more fulfilling for you, at least not so frustrating that you could find some joy. 
this was in a class and that was a coaching demonstration. We went to lunch and then we did another hour of training. And at the break in the afternoon, she came up to me and said, I want you to know you freed me. (laughs) I know I was resisting you because I was just, I just couldn't let go, but I see it. It's like, of course, somebody else would hire me. Of course, I could go somewhere else if I want to. And who cares what people say? I'm living my life. She says, I'm I'm already planning how I'm leaving this company. I said, bravo. <laughs> but, you know, we allow them to be where they're at. And yes. at that moment, she says she wasn't ready. That's okay. As long as she knew, you know, what was possible in the future. But all she had to do was think about it. So I'm not going to tell her to leave. I'm not going to tell her what to do. But just to be able to observe Our own thinking is what creates the awareness, which is what moves us forward. And that's why I love coaching so much. And I'm so passionate about it. And, you know, I've been coaching nearly 30 years was when I went to coaching school. (laughs) And I'm still like just excited about it. And that's why I keep writing books about it. (laughs) That's so inspiring to me because... Mm -hmm. So a little bit of a backstory for listeners is that I had reached out to Dr. Marsha because... And you'll appreciate this based on what you've said so far. A lot of my healing and growth over, you know, since my time in corporate America, I had a very deep corporate wound that was keeping me in duality. Mm-hmm. Good, bad, yes, no, mm-hmm. easy, hard. And so what was interesting is that when it came time, I, I had reached my hundred hours for ACC months ago. Mm-hmm. And I was telling my mentor, I'm like, I don't want to get my ACC. This stands for everything. It's a conformity. I just have to check a box. I'm doing a copy paste. I was having like this real time, Mm. you know, thing happening. And so he had mentioned your name and that's why I reached out. I was like, Hey, what do you think about this? Your Mm. thoughts. And you helped me with a very quick, here's what we should think about this as. Mm. And what I really appreciated about that is that your message along with something not long after I got a really good message from the divine feminine. There are like of any industry, there's a lot of bad actors out there trying to capitalize or optimize on something that is really, really critical to someone's journey. Mm -hmm. And I felt called to align myself Mm -hmm. with the gold standard of ethics, morals, Mm -hmm. and making sure that anyone that I serve or coach has that reassurance. But at first I was thinking like, is this just one more step in the patriarchy? I was like really struggling with that back and forth. Dr. Marsha, I see your face for those you can't Well, see. <laughs> you know, because we can do shoulds on the other side yes. you know, that you then created. Oh, this is the patriarchy. It's like, you know, the people who designed all those competencies and, and, and certification levels was primarily women. <laughs> women also perpetuate the patriarchy at some point yeah i know and we were like we need to uphold this powerful thing and it not get lost out in the universe and so it was us upholding the power of coaching you know Mm -hmm. so that you would have created this belief around it's the patriarchy it's certification (laughs) you know that's why i laugh it's like well that you know was never in the intention of the creation of of uh, of of the certification. Well, I think what I was feeling about that specifically was that within the coaching community, some that have gotten their ACC or higher, they've shared they've had certain experiences when they get their calls 
listen to, that it feels very subjective. Like it depends on whether the person's having a good day or not, whether their call passes. And that felt, that felt strange to me. It's any test. (laughs) Anyway, so, so the the long and short of it is uh, you and through my process, and here's the difference, Dr. Marsha, this is where it came full circle for me. At first, I started my coaching certification because I was looking for more of, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? I wasn't really giving myself the intentional pause. I'm actually really proud of myself for that internal kind of conflict or like what I was assigning um, Mm -hmm. because it helped me to stop and intentionally think, is this something, am I doing it just because I'm doing it? Or is this something that I really feel or Mm -hmm. am I I feeling into? And and it's the latter for me. This is, this is me. Yeah. So Amy, I know that you know about my coaching books, Coach the Person and the Breakthrough Coaching that's coming up, but do you know that my doctoral dissertation was about smart, strong women in the workplace? And I have a book called Wander Woman that you're, you know, you're just a wanderer. (laughs) So, you know, settlers create things and they stay put. And a lot of women before, even prior to my generation, were a lot of settlers. But we're wanderers. We create things and say, what's next? What's next? And sometimes, like even the woman I was coaching this morning, she says, I can't even give myself credit for what I accomplished. And that was a standard pattern as well. So what I found in the 100 women that I researched, that it wasn't happiness that they were seeking. It was contentment. Mm. You know, And they didn't know how to feel content because they were always moving on to the next one without really stopping and pausing and knowing why they were moving forward. So the subtitle to Wander Woman is how high achieving women find contentment and direction. So yeah, right, right. And you know, it was unfortunate. It came out in 2010, right in the middle of the recession we were having and companies that all cut their women's leadership. And, you know, and so it, it, it took a while, but to this day, Amy, a woman somewhere in the world has found the book and reaches out to me and says, thank you. I thought something was wrong with me and now I understand. I understand the drive. And it's exactly what I found, what you were saying. It's not titles and money that motivate us. It's motion and meaning. Mm-hmm. I have to keep moving and growing, but it has to be significant and meaningful. Yes. And that's our motivation. And that's what a lot of people in the patriarchy don't understand. Yeah, you know, you know, it's like so when I left my last job, I left a lot of money on the table because we had gone public. Mm -hmm. I was there for two years. I had enough. But I left two years of unvested stock. And I even had this one man screaming at me about how stupid I was. And my boss like, oh, you're going to suffer and all this crap. I'm like, you don't understand. You know, I, I accomplished what I needed to here. I helped transform this organization now you want me to do some things I don't want to do. So it's time to go. I know it's time to go. And so here's the thing, Amy, talking about the divine. On the day I resigned is when somebody I knew forwarded the article that was in Newsweek magazine in 1995 about this new thing called coaching. Oh my gosh. It was that day. And I said, well, this is interesting. I'm always looking at researching learning. I see coaching as a learning technology. So I 
I actually signed up for a coaching school because I said, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do, you know? And then I watched a demo and I said, okay, I really need to understand this. So besides learning it, it's what inspired me even to get my doctorate because I wanted to understand in the brain what happens when we coach. So a lot of my books since then have been about the what we're aiming for, not just have people observe their thought processes, but to really dig into what is it they're not looking at, what is it they're afraid to face, and how that how we can do that in a safe space, you know, so they go with us on this journey and not resist it. So I continue to learn. That's why I keep writing books, because as I continue to learn, I just want to share it with coaches. You know, because I love coaching so much. <laughs> now here we are. It's awesome. And I'm amazed at how much I learn from day to day, both through the people that I serve, but also in the coaching community. And the one thing you just said that really piqued my interest, I'm curious because I love your headline. I coach leaders and teach coaches to create more light bulb moments in their coaching conversations. Because you've studied the psychology, do we have what it looks like when someone has like an aha or light bulb moment? Is there something that fires yeah, actually there is because, wow. you know, so, so this is interesting. Um, One piece of research I came across some years ago was that they actually mapped the brain waves of rappers creating a rap. Okay. And what they found, and it's the same thing as coaching is that initially they'll start in the cognitive brain as they start and try to figure out where they're going. And in coaching, we need to have the agreement on where we're going in this conversation. And then the cognitive brain actually shut down and the middle brain, the creative brain came on and it was like spark, 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 spark. And then when they went to close it, you know, the middle brain shut down and they came back to cognitive. Well, the coaching process is the same thing. We have to really understand, and it could take a while to figure out what it is they want to have or create that they don't have now. You know, it's not the problem. It's not a decision. It's not an emotion. It has to be a, a visual thing we can agree to. And then we get into the whole creative insight process, you know, and there was recently a study done just last year that mapped the brain waves compared to mentoring and coaching, where coaching was, again, all over the place. And they said it's because it's the creative insight process. Mm -hmm. When you tell people what to do, it pacifies their brain. When you coach them, it activates the brain. So they now have, you know, brainwave studies that demonstrate the creative insight process. And then the result is, you know, what they now see just to me, just so exciting. Um, That's fascinating. Yeah. Isn't it? Wow. <laughs> and I the mean, study th- uh, that they recently did, I got it in just under the wire into my <laughs> new book. I actually turned in the manuscript and then somebody sent me, all right, I was on it was something from Harvard um, where they were sharing this research. And I'm like, I have to have this in the book. And I went, I begged, 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 you know, and the managing director, he's like, nah, it's too late. But then I went back to my publisher, my editor, and I said, you've got to talk to him. This has got to be in the book. And so he convinced him and I was able to put it in, in Breakthrough Coaching. So the research is in there. Because okay. coaches need that because people still don't quite understand coaching and the coaching process. So when we can show them research like that, that demonstrates what actually happens in the brain, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I can't wait. So is Breakthrough Coaching out? January 30th. 
January. Oh, so almost. Okay, cool. So this yeah. is kind of like a pre-launch party that we're having here today. Okay. So other than breakthrough coaching, what other moves are you excited to be making right now? Well, you know, the interesting thing, Coach the Person has done extremely well. It's in seven languages. It's tens of thousands of copies. And I was like, I'm done. <laughs> you know, writing a book and 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 then promoting it, I'm so busy promoting it, is just a lot. But I have been teaching this foundational program for coaching.com. It used to be WBACs called Breakthrough Coaching. And we had decided that if we made that just a self-study and then created an advanced mastery program, calling it Breakthrough Coaching, that I would write the complimentary book. So I agreed to do this. And so I just finished designing the mastery program. It's awesome because I had to really, really create new things and exercises and resource tools. And and we're launching the new online program. And it'll just be 50 people at a time, which is very minimal for the coaching.com classes. We'll do three times this year. Um, we're launching the first one in the last week of March. So the book comes out the end of January, and then the new program will come out the end of March. So I'm very excited about that. And you will love it. And all you have to do is have gone through a foundational program, which you have or have your ACC or whatever. So you can take it because a lot of it is about really creating collective wisdom, establishing the energetic connection that really takes us to that higher place in our consciousness. So yeah, you will love this program. (laughs) I hear that. Are you and you're teaching it? Oh, yeah. Okay. So it'll be it's just a three week program. Uh, Like Mondays, it's three hours and then Thursday, 90 minutes, but you'll be with some partners and you practice and go through, I have exercises and resource tools. And that's the difference with breakthrough coaching. It's more applicable. There's more exercises, resource tools, case studies, and how do you actually do what I'm talking about? You know, so. Right. Exactly. And that's what, well, I have a few questions. One, how do we sign up? Number two, From a credential standpoint, this would count as like our annual training hours. Yeah, yeah, it'll be, you can use it for CEUs. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. We apply for CEUs for that. Yes. And how do we sign up? Do you have a link? You know what? The sign up isn't up yet. So you have to go to my website at covisioning.com and sign up for my newsletter because I'll be announcing it there. But you know, I announce it on LinkedIn and Instagram. So it'll be, it'll be out the uh, the foundational program, the self studies, um, we're actually announcing that uh, next week. That wow. that'll be coming out right around the same time as the book. So nobody can be in the advanced program unless they have some foundational coaching. No newbies, so they have to go through the foundational. But I've had so many people go through that they want to go through it again. So cool. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. I'm actually um, where I got my foundational training. They offer alumni seats complimentary. And so I'm getting ready to do that again in January. And I'm, I'm, it's interesting because now it's like, as you continue your uh, different credentials, I will meet to your point newbies. And they're like, they will exclaim to me that I seem so further or I'm like, well, it's a practice like anything else. It's a 
being absolutely it's getting into your voice and like your coaching unique brilliance you know that's really what it becomes so awesome I can't wait and I'll do that and now when we when women making moves goes lives and I tag you and then you'll share it back we'll be in each other's worlds and the algorithm will pick us up so we'll see more of each other's content which is great speaking of which there's something that you were speaking to earlier that I want to bring up as a recent post on LinkedIn I'm going to read it it's from a week ago you write We aim to stimulate the part of the brain in coaching that houses long-term memory, bringing forth the stories based on past experiences that are defining their current situations, encourages them to explore how they can change their perception and get different results. The process stimulates both a commitment to act and courage. If improvement conversations focused on using a coaching approach, instead of just telling people what they did wrong and what they should do instead, you might activate the desire to change instead of provoking defensiveness or submissiveness. Creative thoughts emerge as people pull out and connect bits of stored information in a new way to answer a provocative question. As we approach the new year, consider how you can tap into your client's middle brain to help make the changes they hope to see in themselves in 2024. Yes, Dr. Marsha, there's so many things that kind of fired off for me in my brain. One, we kind of talked about this earlier, but number two, recently... Uh, again, coming from my background, I recently wrote an article on LinkedIn about how year-end reviews, the process is so outdated and antiquated, and it's actually, and I'll speak from a leadership position that I was in, we would predetermine months, almost at mid-year, okay, Mm -hmm. what the ratings for everybody was going to be, and it's always on a bell curve, so we had to kind of force rank everybody. Yes. How on earth (laughs) is that actually a... First of all, ethics and morality, if we talk about that perspective and fairness and things like that, that's problematic. Mm-hmm. But I wrote this article about how how we should start to present a, a different way of thinking. And I think mm-hmm. when I read this post of yours, I was like, oh, she gets it. Like, let's talk about that on the pod because you're starting to suggest a different way that we do performance reviews, right? Well, there are many companies in the world that have shifted away from the forced ranking because it, it's it's such a demeaning process. Hogwash. Even if it's based on like a scale of, you know, here's the things you should, that you, we agree that you will accomplish this year. And then, you know, but it's the same thing like in school. If you accomplish everything you said, then you get an A, (laughs) you know? Well, well, but maybe. I found myself in a lot of cases where like leadership would tell me, um, I would say, I have an exceeds expectations person. And they're like, yeah, but you don't have enough. So you have to give them a meets expectations. I had to downgrade them. Well, but that's because they're basing it on on how much money they have for raises, not on right, the right. human being in the performance. So, right, right, right. And, and so if they can separate out whatever raises with performance conversations, you know, then that's really better. And performance conversations should be a coaching conversation, not feedback. You know, so here's a piece of research. If you say to someone, can I give you some feedback? The reaction in the brain, the stress response is is the same as if you held a gun to their head. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So if I go to you and say, boy, I, I really want some feedback on how I did that presentation. Okay, I'm asking for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm open to it. It may be still hard to take, but I'm open to it. But if I did not ask for it, then I all you're doing is making me wrong and nobody wants to be made wrong. You know, so instead, if you have a conversation and and you just started with what is important to the person, 
you know, so I know you want to be a leader. I know you want to be respected by your peers, or I know you want less stress. I know here's the goal that's most important to you, that it doesn't have to do with the KPI or whatever. But what's happening is some of the things you're doing is keeping you from reaching your goal. Would you be willing to look at, you know, how you are um, hindering your own progress with the things that you're doing based on what it is you want? You know, that's different than, okay, you had these goals at the beginning of the year, you didn't meet them, or you didn't do that well, so I'm going to ding you. And always, and this is what I remember the most, because I had big teams, well, you have to find something wrong to tell him. And I always just say to my boss, yeah, I don't want to find something wrong. And I could tell when he was giving me feedback, I'm like, you just made that up. You know, like, you, like, I remember the time he said, well, none of the vice presidents um, like your, the way you talk, like your approach. I'm like, that's not true. Yeah, I said, you might not like it. And so what I did was I went out, I went to HR and I said, I want to send out a little just brief survey to all the vice presidents and just ask them anonymously and it'll go back to you. What is it they appreciate about what I present? What is it that they wish I would do differently? Whatever. It all came out, oh, it's it's so amazing, you know, what the ideas she brings and 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 the passion she has. Nobody said, oh, you know, she's she's a bully and, you know, she's she's outer space and <laughs> you know, I mean, I did have the head of Asia Pacific when I left said uh the sole sister of microchip is leaving us, you know? So I know that they saw me as being their soul, mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, I went back to him. I said, see, you made it up. And he's right. like, well, I had to find something. Isn't that, yeah. that's, I said, that's no, the, you don't. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the infuriating part to your point. It's like, yeah. you, is it objective or subjective? So it's like, it's like, did you meet the goal or not? Like, whatever, if you were supposed to sign up 10 people and you got five, whatever, that's the, is that hit? But like, what was the, what was the human element of that? And to your point, yeah. there's a lot of like gobbledygook in between. And I also suggest this gobbledygook. This yeah. gobbledygook is what is what I like to call it and there's a lot of times I I would like to go away with also anonymous feedback meaning at the year in review again in some cases not all is that you're given anonymous feedback out of context mm -hmm. and they can't give you context because it's anonymous so you're given this piece of information that you're like okay what am I going to do with that? Anyway, so to your point, is it opinion or is it fact? And like, especially if you know yourself, it's like, well, that's opinion. Okay. And yeah. you, but I like your suggestion about that. So as we start to wind down here, that hour went fast. As you think about, it, and you touched on this earlier around coaching, like what is coaching? And you had this question back in 1995. What is coaching? We're still getting this question in 2024. What is coaching? Why is it all the rage, all this kind of stuff? So how would you help beyond what we talked about today? How would you help someone who knows what coaching is like me and like on the track and things like that, that I, I get it. I know what ACC, MCC, PCC means, but also further, how would you talk to someone who doesn't get it or has never heard about the actual profession of coaching and only knows it is like, whether it's a, a team coach, like in the sports, something like that, or it's something for me personally, my only experience as a coach or my purview for coaching when I was in corporate was something that the company would pay for only for SVP and above. Mm -hmm. So the coaches weren't available to anyone, but those levels, what would you, what would you share based on that? So what exactly is the question? <laughs> what would you share to people that both understand the profession of coaching, 
-hmm. and also those who don't understand the profession of coaching. Okay. Two questions. You stacked your questions. I did. (laughs) And I sprinkled in a bunch of words together in a big bowl. So, um, you know, there's two things. There was always the, you know, if you're in a, like a networking or you've got some time and space, you can always say, Mm -hmm. you know, I help people think through their uh, challenges, their issues or decisions in, in a way that they're struggling with on their own. And I'll say, so is there something, you know, think about in the last week, did you have a conversation that you walked away and settled? Um, or is there something you're facing right now that you're just not sure how to go forward? So I will ask him for that and actually do a little coaching so they see it. If there's not time and you're just giving them, you know, a the headline, then I'll often say, well, you know, you're a really smart person. If I were coaching you, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just going to help you think through it in a way that you're struggling seeing the possibilities on your own. I'm a thinking partner and that's how I define it. And if they, then if they ask, you know, how do you do that? Or, you know, then I might go into a little bit about, you know, I hold out, I summarize and hold out your thinking so you can see it. You know, and and once you see it, then you can see the gaps in logic, how your fears are holding you back, the shoulds getting in the way of your dreams, your difficulty in expressing your desires. You will see that, you know, and that's when we pull that out, then, you you know, it's, it's clear what it is that you need to move forward. So, you know, like today, I, I have had a new executive client, actually is in a leadership program, but he's fairly high level director at this point. And he doesn't know what coaching is. You know, he's like, well, I need some help with strategic perspective or blah, blah, and personal development. And I said, well, those are broad topics, (laughs) you know, and I can sit here and give you ideas about something. I'm not sure what, but, you know, it'd be really useful if you could just look at a couple of situations that maybe that you're still like, don't like how it turned out. And he immediately came up with one thing that he did with his admin. And, you know, I just brought out a couple of times when he was using very judgmental language, you know, and I said, well, uh, of course, she's afraid of you. (laughs) You know, you said you have to do this, like cater to her instead of honor her. (laughs) And that she's afraid, but you never asked her until the third time you know, what's truly missing for you? Why didn't you ask her that the first time? Oh, yeah, I should have asked her that the first time. I said, you have the questions. I didn't have to tell you the questions. You just gave me the questions. You just waited to ask. And so it was just simple things like that, that he just wasn't recognizing because he's so stuck in his style and the way it should be. And people should get over and just get on with business and blah, blah, (laughs) you know? So every client I've had in the past, what is it, 28 years, has been just a chance for them in a safe space to talk about things they couldn't talk about to other people, especially in a corporate environment, but in a way that they only, not only trust me, but they know that I have the courage to challenge them if needed, that I'm not just going to go along with them and make them feel good. You know, my favorite Marsha quote these days is, we are not there to make them feel better. We are there to make them see better. 
So I don't care if you're uncomfortable with the question that I asked, or you might even cry when you recognize what you've been doing all these years. Yay. <laughs> Crying is just a way to clear, clear your eyes to see better, you know? And so an emotional reaction means you just had an awareness that you hadn't had before. Right. And all emotions have an arc, you know, there's the, the, the trigger, the intensity, and then it diminishes. And as coaches, if we just sit still and we can sense the energy starting to diminish, then we say, would you be willing to share with me what happened? So never be afraid of emotions ever. It's a good thing, not bad. And by virtue of that sharing or that releasing, you actually, they do tend to start feeling better lighter Absolutely. you know and, Absolutely. Toward, and more directed toward like what they truly yeah. are wanting but if i do. jump in to say oh don't yeah. feel that way or give them oh, a kleenex yeah. then they feel weak yeah so, i hear yeah okay so Dr. we have a great conversation oh my gosh being in 43 countries uh, another book about to come out you're launching mastery, mastery program, program. Uh-huh. mastery program what closing remarks do you have for for us as as coaches out here but also the general public what can you Sure. Yeah. You know, and in these times that we are continue to polarize in our thinking and, you know, thinking I'm right and you're wrong, that even learning um, some basics of coaching, to have a coaching approach to our conversations, that when we're with someone and we don't agree with them, to not jump in and say, I don't agree, but just say, could you tell me a little bit more what you mean by that? You know, could you get tell me what led you to to hold that belief so I can better understand? Um, you know that we can just we you know walk into the conversation trying to know each other better using a coaching approach. It will bring us together instead of keeping us apart. Thank you, Dr. Marsha. You're welcome. <laughs>